Welcome back to part two of More Than Football with Robbie Cornthwaite. If you didn't hear part one, check it out on the Triple M app. We talked about his time with us as a Red. I was the perfect age. The A-League was just starting. You had to have three players under the age of 20. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew what was going on, so they just picked three local kids. They picked right. me, Tony Hatzis, and Michael Matriciani, where nowadays they go and get the best three under-20s in Australia. Yeah. So if that was the case, I probably wouldn't have got picked. Just going back to when you first uh, got into the, the Adelaide United team, um, this is a bit of a silly question, mm. but I, the fans pretty quickly took to calling you cornflakes. Yeah. Could you hear that from the crowd? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could hear that. Did a it lot bother of, you? No, no, no. A lot of people called me that over yeah. the years, or Kellogg's, or, or oh, whatever. Yeah. A little bit disappointed I never got a Kellogg sponsorship, uh, if I'm honest, yeah, but there's still time, Kellogg's. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There is still um, time. Yeah, no, that was fine. No, yeah. it's, it's nice. I mean, um, yeah. I suppose it's a little bit... Um, it brings some, a different element to, to yeah. who you are. And I think there was even a game where the guy had a cornflakes box on his head with uh-huh. the uh, the eyes cut out maybe or yeah. something. So that was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I embraced that. Even when yeah. I was, um, for my 21st birthday, my invitations were the little boxes of cornflakes. Oh, really? You know, the ones you get like yeah, in the, a hotel lobby yeah. and breakfast. Yep. So I sent them, those out for my party. So That's yeah, nah, I, um, <laughs> I embraced it. I liked it. Um Again, like we, we, we uh, you know, you mentioned about, um, you know, the Champions League run. Let's talk about that because for so many fans, there's a great Fox Sports special about it as well that you can find on KO. Um, that run was just an unbelievable run. Um, and you seem to pop up and score crucial goals. It was almost like you just turned into a goal-scoring machine. When we needed a goal, when we needed one nil wins, yeah. there was Robert Cornthwaite. Yeah, no, that was um, – it's obviously very, very fond memories and yeah. one of the best times of my career, if not the best. And and as I say, we were, we're at that age. I think we are 22, 23 years old. And I say we because, you know, me and Scott Jamison yeah. lived together and, um, you know, my, one of my best mates, Jay Spaniolo, was there as well. So it was just it was just so much fun. And we were just on that wave of momentum. The 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 following from the fans, the media were on, jumped on board. Yeah. You know, we had... I don't, I don't know exactly, but I'll, I'll say a couple hundred people to the airport when we came back from yeah. uh, from Uzbekistan, I think yeah, it was. I and um, Yeah, I mean, that whole thing. I watched that documentary only probably about six months ago. Yep. I saw someone tweet about it, yeah. and I thought, oh, I can't, can't remember that. You know, the, I watched it when it was first made, yeah. and I just thought, oh, you know, I'm going to watch it again. And yeah. it just, um, yeah, brought back so many memories, so much fun, and... You know, even just all the things that happened at the airport in Uzbekistan and just, yeah. you know, and, and you like you say, you know, the, the goals that I popped up with, it was just, obviously, we wish we'd won it. The, yeah. the funny thing is, like, not winning it, that doesn't really feel that disappointing. Okay. You know, like, it, yeah. of course, at the time you were disappointed, yeah, but looking back <laughs> on it, knowing what we achieved at the time, it was like, mm. you know, history making. Yeah. You know, looking back on the fact that we lost the final, it doesn't really cut me that much. Yeah. Um I just think they were far better than us, and we probably didn't play all that well. So yeah, that's what you Saka. get. If you yeah. got robbed, then yeah, you'd probably be upset. But yeah, yeah we weren't even close. Yeah, and look, they they were absolute quality. Mm. Endo was in the team. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, they they were an unbelievable team to yeah. come up against, and that that run was just so crazy. And I remember, um, you know, the group stage. The the we had, you know, okay crowds yeah. at, at, at Coopers. I, I happened to go to every home game. Yeah. Uh, and then just as we progressed, it's just the crowd got bigger, yeah, bigger, bigger. And then by the end of it, yeah. you know, I think it was a quarterfinal, then the semi, and then that final was just packed, I, and the atmosphere was. Just I think the I've best. Heard, I think I've heard it a couple of times. I'm probably one of the people that said it as well. But when you go to those FFA Cup finals at High Marsh, mm-hmm. or even you know the, the other matches, um, 
against people, people say like, oh, this reminds me of the the ACL run. Oh, yeah. You know, people say that they say, oh, this kind of because it's that midweek crowd yeah. as well for the yeah. cup and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's got that Champions League feel about it. It does. Yeah. There's yeah. There's a, just that vibe and that energy yeah. about the place. It's just wish we could you know just bottle that and and do that every week. Well, let's hope for Adelaide United yeah. back in the uh, ACL soon. Yeah. Well, that that'd be great. The last mm. run wasn't wasn't a great one. No. But, you know. Anyway, we weren't, we're not talking about that. <laughs> but um. But yeah, you said you don't really remember necessary specifics mm. of the games. So even those goals, I mean, do I dare ask? Like, yeah, obviously you... those, like the one against Pohang, yeah. uh, that was in the first game of the group stage yep. away. I think it was like the fifth minute or something. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think any, I don't think anybody was picking us nah. in that game. And then we came out with a, that Yeah, win. two new win, I think it was. Yeah. Lucas Pantelis with a corner swung yes. it in. So. Yep. And and I think why that one me uh, remember that one is because I went ended up playing in Korea four years. I yeah. played in that stadium a number of times. Po yeah. Hung was like my local derby as well when I was yeah, in okay. Korea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one stands out. And of course, the the winner against uh, Kashima when I scored yeah. the own goal in the first leg <laughs> was the villain, um, yeah. and then scored the winner in at Highmarsh, sent us through to the semi-finals. That's yeah. um, obviously that's the one that people really remember me for. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously. It wasn't even the best of headers. It wasn't even the best of goals, but <laughs> it, it hit the back of the net. Yeah. And I don't even actually know why I was in the box. Really? Because if you watch the build-up to that goal, like I was playing right back, yeah. and Cassio swung it in, and I'm like on the penalty spot. So I think Travis was playing right wing, and he like drifted inside. Okay. I'd like to say it was my brilliant timing and, and yeah. reading of the game that got me there. But gut, gut we, punching over, we needed a, we needed a goal. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously that one. Hopefully people remember that one for a long, long time. Oh, to I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think you know if you go and talk to Reds fans, that's <laughs> probably one of the ones they're going to bring up to you first. Yeah. But while we're while we're talking about goals, the uh, the goggle celebration. Yeah. Tell us what's that about. So Nikolai Topper Stanley. Mm-hmm. He plays for um, Newcastle and he's played for Wanderers and everything. When we were in the Ollie Roos together. He used to do that with one finger, right. and it was like a kind of uh, a joke of saying like, if someone had zero chance of doing something, he'd say zero, and he'd put it like as that was his way of doing a zero. Right. So then I can't remember how much longer after that I was at home and I was just joking around with my sister, my younger sister, and I did two like a right. mask, and I said, oh, I'm going to do this if I score, <laughs> and she was like, don't do that, it's embarrassing. Like so then I was like, well, if it, if she's going to be embarrassed, then I'm definitely going to do it. <laughs> So then, yeah, then I just started doing it. It yeah. just caught on. And then, like, in Asia, people, like, started calling it the Batman, the superhero. Oh, yeah. So I kind of just, yeah, became sort of, it's like a superhero mask, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a couple of pretty iconic photos on, on Getty Images. Yeah. Well, Batman there was a couple in South Korea because I did it in South Korea as yeah. well. And there was actually, like, a billboard outside of my stadium. It was, like, a pylon, like, of my photo and face doing that so and even for Selangor in Malaysia that yeah. like people know it yeah. and it, it was actually a guy that played in the youth team for Adelaide United and, and a few other clubs Dane Milovanovic I think okay. his surname is yep. and he um, he started doing it in Indonesia and he <laughs> it took off there as well people started making t-shirts yeah, and right. everything so yeah no it was good fun have you uh, have you picked out a player that maybe you could pass it down to or is it that's a good know? one yeah uh, I'll have to hold auditions because some people can't do it <laughs> some people can't actually do yeah. it so especially um, in the heat of the moment you've scored you, yeah you know, well that's the thing with the adrenaline. Socceroos when I scored yeah. for the Socceroos I never did it because I was right. just too excited and I just yeah. forgot yeah. I was like if there was any time to do it yeah, that it was going to get the most attention that was yeah. the one so yeah let myself down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you moved to to Korea, yeah. Uh, Jonam Dragons. Yep. Um, how did that come about? And and mm. just explain um, that move. When did you first hear about it? And then you know, yeah. Well, you're leaving Adelaide. Um, I think it was 
just a couple of days after the season had ended at United, Rini Coolen was the coach. And again, it's about timing um, for me, again, because he, he had me on the bench. Um, right. He probably wasn't the biggest fan of mine, which is fine. And mm-hmm. um, sort of on the thing was like the Thursday after the season finished, I was in the city here and I was going yep. to the travel agents to book a holiday to Bali. Mm-hmm. And we stopped to get some lunch first, me and my, my what now wife. And I got a call from an agent called Zelko Sousa. I didn't know Zelko. And he just said, oh, I got some interest from you uh, in South Korea. This is the team. This is what the, the money and all that sort of stuff is. What are you thinking? And I, knowing that, you know, maybe wasn't in Coolan's plans, I thought, you know, that, yeah, this, this sounds good. And then on Monday, I was on the plane. I, I was right, gone. So, quick. yeah, the, the the transfer fee, I can say now, was I don't know if it was reported at the time, it was only 125000 So pretty, um, pretty low money um, compared to what some people go for. Um, and I just spoke to Michael Petrillo, who was mm-hmm. in charge at the time. He spoke to the coach. They were, they were happy. So, yeah, paid that. And, um, yeah, that was it. I was off. Yeah, right. Yeah, signed a two-year deal. And then after a year, signed for another three years. So, yeah, um, again, good timing is probably one of the best things yeah. I did in my life. Yeah. And, and tell us about that experience in Korea. I mean, yeah. it's a complete change. Mm-hmm. So, and you mentioned just before about just looking out the bus window and you know, yeah. a completely different place. So well, what's that, what's that like? The thing is, um, when you're in Asia quite often, I don't, I don't know if it's because English is the second language mm. for the, for the people there, but it can feel like they're very blunt. You can feel like they're very forthright. And basically when I landed, it was like, oh, we, you're here to lead the team. You're here to be the, the general at the back. And this is what we're expecting from you. And I was like, oh, what? You know, like, <laughs> oh, okay. Because to be honest, when I went there, I was thinking, this is a great opportunity, but I don't even know if I'm good enough, you know, like just, you know, an, a, just a normal standard A-league player pretty much. And then I'm going to the K-League. I'm like, oh, no. And then when I got there and I saw the training, I was like, oh, wow, this is actually very, very good. But I think, um, you know, one thing I've been pretty good at is adapting and, and sort of and fitting in well wherever I've gone. So, yeah, just worked hard. And I probably didn't play the first four or five games. They left me out. And then we had a cup game where they played like the second team. Mm-hmm. And, this, well, there's no really second team, but, right. you know, a, yeah. a lot of the sort of players that hadn't been playing. Mm-hmm. And we had a really good win. And then from that team, he kept maybe eight of them in the first 11 and we played against Suwon away, which is like the biggest game of the year, and we won 2-1. And then from there, I just played every game. Yeah, yeah wow. And so did a, a few others. Yeah, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, that was, again, good timing. Yeah, and then yeah. How, how long you played? You had a lot of appearances there. I yeah, think it was I just think, shy of 100, Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of cu- – not that I really care, but <laughs> there was a couple of cup competitions that yep. the stats never got recorded for. Okay. Um, so official K-League games, I was less than 100, but I would have played more than 100 yeah, for, so for the club. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, and again, I scored a few goals, which was, yeah, which was nice. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, – um, I think oh, I can't remember. It was on a par with with United. I yeah, think, I think it was looking a, at the stats. just under ten or something. Yeah. Um. So that was good. And and in Asia, they love a centre back that can score yep. a, a goal. So, um. And that was a time I think they were just snapping up Australian centre backs. Yeah. Korea, so it was they? like me, Sasha, um, Luke Devere was there, mm-hmm. uh, Adrian Madashi was there, another guy, Alex Jovanovic, uh, who's still there. Yeah. Um. Is it because of the Eddie Bosner? Eddie Bosner. Yeah. Of course, the physicality. Yeah. Of course, uh, Sasha doing well. Yeah. Sasha won the Asian Champions. League with, right, with Songnam, yep. um, and then yeah, off the back of that, Alex Wilkinson went to John Book. He won like two or three yep. 
K-League titles. So, yeah, and you see Adam Taggart just won the golden boot. That's right. Terry Antona. So, yeah, Aussie's done all right there. There's been a few that haven't done well as well, like anywhere. Um, But, yeah, I think they just like our work ethic and our hunger and and that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, look, it's hard to compare K-League with A-League and everything, Mm. but, you know, like what are some of the differences? I mean, it's a pretty, you know, um, well... Uh, develop football culture over there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's just technique of the players. You can see when we play in the Asian Champions League, more often than not, they're good. They've obviously, they choose their foreigners very, very well. Um, you know, they, they have good research and, and and good connections to get good foreigners. It's just, it's very, very demanding physically, the mm-hmm. training. The games are okay. Like, the games can be quite scrappy, even okay. more scrappy than the A-League. Um, but in terms of training, like it's very, very, very tough. And you know, in preseason, we'd do double session Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, right. and we'd play a game on Wednesday and Saturday. So that's for like only six to seven weeks, though, because it's a lot shorter. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it it's just, it's difficult. Do you think the climate between the two countries obviously plays a part? Because it's so hot here. Well, it's so, so hot there actually. Oh, yeah, so actually, they they've got the. Ex- two extremes so in winter right. it's like in Seoul it can be minus 10 right. and snowing so okay. when that that's when pre-season's on okay. so you usually go away so I used, we used to go to Thailand every year for three weeks some teams go to Turkey um, some go to Japan which is a little bit cooler yeah uh, sorry warmer and then in summer it's like 37 38 okay so they're, humid they're, though yeah really humid right. a bit like North Queensland okay so they've yep. got really like both extremes and but the players are freaks yeah. they're so they're so um, strong you know, we'd train at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Mm. and they'd wake up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym themselves. Right. So three, three of, and yeah. that's, and there'll be like 15 of them in there, not like one or two, um, but you've got a squad of like 40. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. And, so and, and at the clubhouse, you know, all the players live in the one place. Mm-hmm. They've got chefs, washing ladies, um, full-time physios and doctors that live there. You can see them any time of the day. Um, you've got a cafeteria. Um, yeah, it's yeah. you've got games room with pool tables and TVs and table tennis. Right. Yeah, it's everything's there. Yeah, literally. Another yeah, literally, literally, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you went to Selangor. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, again, like you know, you come to the end of time of career. You know, I guess you've yep. had a few different options on the table. and. Mm. Head off to Malaysia. Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, I never told this story actually, so you'll like this. Oh, awesome. When I was in uh, when I was in South Korea, I had an offer to go to China. Okay. So the transfer fee was about nine hundred thousand, considering the 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 China uh, the Korean club had only paid a hundred grand, mm-hmm. and obviously my salary was a lot more. So I wanted to go, um, and the the Korean Chonam said, "No, we want a million. Um, so the Chinese club said no. So I said, "I'll pay, I'll make up the difference, obviously, because obviously my salary was going up." I said, "I'll give the extra hundred thinking, all right, cool. And then um, John Num Dragons was like, nah, um, we, we don't want you to go. At this time, I was playing two positions. So if okay. we were losing, I'd play as a striker. And if we yeah, were winning, right. I'd play as a defender. Right. Um, so they're like, you're too valuable to us. Okay. Um, and I was spewing. Like, I was really, really pissed off. Um, and then a year later, I was coming to my end of my four years in Korea. Um, it was time for me to move on. Um and I was like, all right, cool. Where am I going to go? Like rubbing my hands together sort of thing. And I had basically nothing. Like wow. I couldn't find anything. I wanted to maybe go to Thailand, China, another club in South Korea. Um, you know, A-League was a possibility, but I yeah. wanted to try to stay in Asia. Um, and basically Malaysia was the only place where really wanted me bad enough and I could still make a really good living. Okay. Um, but I didn't really want to go there. I was like, Malaysia's rubbish. Um <laughs> 
But anyway, that's all I had. Um, I went there and again, like it worked out perfectly yeah. for me, ended up winning the Malaysian cup, um, became again, like a bit of a cult, cult hero, yeah. um, made history, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And yeah. not as, not as rubbish as you first thought. No, <laughs> it's very good. In a way it's more difficult because you don't have all those things you had in South Korea. Yeah. You yeah. got, you got to get by all yourself. Um, you know, you might have to do train when you don't want to eat food you don't want to stay in a hotel you don't want to um all these types of things um you know the tr- I've I've spoken about it before the training ground where I trained was was terrible there was like no showers or anything you have to shower in in a hose from a tap and and some players like would sounds, say sounds oh, like amateur football <laughs> yeah some players would say like oh well, you're getting paid a lot of money like who cares but when you're actually there and you have to do it every day you like you don't care how much money you're getting you're like this is shit you know like you got to have respect for yourself and like but i just again i just adapted just dealt with it just did what i needed to do and yeah and then got on with the job yeah geez and then you end up back in australia with western sydney yeah we'll, we'll talk a little bit about <laughs> it you went to western sydney yeah um and you know yeah played there for how many years was it in the end it felt like only you were there year. for quite a long no time. i was only there a year and a half really yeah season and a half so Gee, okay um, i thought it was like three years it felt like nah that. well maybe not to you no 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 well it felt like that because it was bloody tough as well with popper <laughs> but um yeah i made no mistakes about the sorry no secrets about the fact that popper is the best coach i've ever had mm-hmm. um and you can see you know his record in the a-league is very good despite the fact he hasn't won a grand final um and yeah obviously very honored to wear the captain's armband the armband there was just a shame it wasn't for longer but i had another opportunity to go back to mm-hmm. to malaysia um which i did and then you know six months later i was retired yeah <laughs> yeah wow happened I- quite quickly was was there any thoughts of going back to Sydney when you first came back to Australia? Nah, Adelaide's home. Um, yeah. Grew up in Adelaide. Got my, you know, I got my family home up in the Adelaide Hills. Yeah. It was always the plan to come back here. Okay. Um, and you know, even for my wife being away for eight years or whatever it was from home, two kids now. Yeah. To be overseas in Asia and not have any support, like from friends and family, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. difficult, you know. Especially for the the partners, you know, I'm going away for away games or three, four, five days at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're at home with the two, she's at home with the two kids. Um, you can't just call up something, your mom or something and say, oh, yeah. can you look after them? Like, so, yeah, we're enjoying ourselves back in Adelaide now. We've got all our family, all my wife's family's here, all my family's here. So, yeah, we, we're getting plenty of babysitters and, <laughs> and just for them to hang around their cousins and stuff is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that's good. How old are your kids now? Uh, my daughter's five in January and my son's uh, just over 18 months. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, Fun. so Fun got a nice place in the hills, um, you know, Sometimes we get kangaroos and koalas on yeah, there, so they um, kids love that, and they're just running around outside. Yeah, it's brilliant. Are you, are you living close to uh, Mick Maroney's farm? So I went to Mick Maroney's <laughs> uh, farm. Yeah, uh, probably I've been twice actually. Yeah. Um, he's doing really well out there. It's, yeah. it's completely different to what I where I live. Um, he's sort of uh, you know I'm not sure how many people just sort of seen the story I did on him, but um, yeah, he's building the house pretty much himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a few animals and stuff like that. It's a bit more farm, farmy than yeah, mine. Yeah. Um, but he's got the kangaroos and the koalas as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. So, yeah. yeah, well, I'll speak to Mick a little bit now. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to see, you can find it on social media. It was well, on the, Channel 7. Yeah, I mean, the thing is now we, uh, we message each other basically and say, like, oh, I've got this chainsaw or he'll be like, oh, I bought this tractor. <laughs> like, I've got this ride on lawnmower. Yeah. And we take photos and we send it to him. And then I build a fence. <laughs> Uh, with my father-in-law, took probably about four or five days, and then he wants to build a fence. So he said, "Oh, who'd you get to do your yeah. your, your mesh?" And I was like, "Oh, cool, this fence yeah. guy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's did a... you ever think you'd be talking about these nah, things and getting excited? Nah. Well, I, I'm I wasn't a handyman at all. Like yeah. I didn't even know how to use a 
a drill or a bloody screwdriver. Yeah. So, but now you know I've got the I've got the big whipper snipper with a harness. Yeah, I've, got yeah. the, I've got the chainsaw, and my father-in-law's got a farm, so he's taught me how to use it all properly. Right. So I don't chop my fingers off. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So I'm out. I I'll probably do. Honest to God. I'll probably do between 10 and 15 hours of gardening a week. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, the only problem man. is I don't get paid to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I find gardening hard. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm OCD. If I see one weed, I'm like, I've got to get oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, weeding, like, yeah, once you start, you've yeah. just got to get it all done. Yeah. But, I, like, I, I'm not. I'm like you. I'm not a handyman at all. So yeah. I was impressed a couple of years ago that I was yeah. actually even able to build, like, a tiny, like, garden shed <laughs> with my dad a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, yeah. oh, I could actually I mean, do If you this. have a look on my Instagram, there's a picture of me in a garden shed that I built. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so All right. I'm in that boat too. Yeah. <laughs> Follow Robbie Cornthwaite on Instagram and check out his, his shed. Yeah. All right. Look, we'll probably wrap it up there. So I yep. want to thank you for coming in. My this pleasure. Being a good chat. Maybe we'll do it again soon. Yep. And, uh, you know, look, you're welcome to come in <laughs> and record a, a Legends podcast yeah. or an ex-player podcast uh, anytime you want. Thank so, you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Appreciate pleasure. It. Thanks very much. Bye. That does it for part two of More Than Football with Robbie Cornthwaite. Thanks to Robbie for coming in and having a chat. Make sure you stay tuned to the Triple M app. More episodes coming soon, but check out our back catalogue as well with Bruce Chitay and Nathan Constantopoulos, Dylan Holmes as well from the W League team.